All right, Father Jonathan, how do I sound? Father Lugo, you sound like you are not recording into a potato anymore. Well, let's just hope that maybe this potato, maybe I fried it, you know, maybe deep fry that <laughs> potato and mm. make, get, a, get a microphone out of it. Yeah, yeah. Does that happen? I don't think it does. I don't think so either. Um, but yeah, I got a new microphone, so hopefully this sounds a little bit a little bit smoother. No longer a call-in listener to my radio show? <laughs> that's right. That's right. I'm no longer a guest on your show. On your show. Um, hey, man. Happy Advent. Happy Advent. You know what's funny? What? We had, well, at least, okay, so I like to not do social media on the weekends. I've said this before. Oh, yeah. I need to do that. One of the things, though, especially on a weekend like this with the change of the liturgical season... I kind of like to see what people post. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And I find it fascinating. And I'm not calling anybody out. I don't think it's actually that big of a deal. I just find it fascinating is what I'm trying to say. Is how many people waited until this morning to wish everybody a happy Advent. Oh, as opposed to... Instead of last night after evening prayer. (laughs) Oh, fair enough. When Advent actually began. In their defense, they probably didn't pray evening prayer. Well, some do. Some do. Yeah. People yeah, do that. That's true. You shouldn't assume um, nobody does that except clerics. Come on. <laughs> yeah, I'm probably just giving myself away because I had to skip it last night. <laughs> um, yeah, I, I, I made, I made, I made a, a bad decision and I got home <laughs> super late. And so I, I had to skip evening prayer. But it's okay. I made up for it. I made up for it somehow. Um, <laughs> no, but yeah, fair enough. So Advent, we've had it for, for an entire day now since evening prayer yesterday. Um, did you get to go to Mass yet today? No. No. As per right. usual, I will be saying a private mass here in a couple hours. Ah, very good. Um I <laughs> as as per usual, I had a mass with the people of God. Oh good. God mm-hmm. bless you. Yeah. And got to preach and everything. It's great. How was it? It was good. I um I was really into it. I was really feeling it. Um it was about eight minutes long. Oof. Um too long. Yeah. Is it too long? Is that too long? Um, I, so. I got it. I mean, I got into this discussion with a, a friend afterwards, again, about length and everything. And I think as long as it's beneath 10 minutes, I think I'm good. Um, and of course, all of it has to do with with like quality anyway. Like two minutes of garbage That's right. is That's right. really long, you know? That's right. Um, and this was not eight minutes of garbage, but it, it was at least eight minutes of mediocrity, which is fine. Um, <laughs> is it? Yeah. No, yeah. It was fine. It was... Um, what I decided to do was really hone in on that the meaning of Lent, sorry, Advent is uh, preparing, first off, for the two comings of Christ. That was kind of the whole model for mm-hmm. my homily. Christ came and will come again. Um, and then I set that up at the very beginning to, to show how frustrating it is to not have had the privilege of living 2,000 years ago to have seen Jesus or to probably not be alive when the second coming happens. Um and us in the in between time can kind of feel like we're in exile, like we're <laughs> we don't. See, we will be alive. Uh, sure, sure, sure. Well, yes, I know, but <laughs> get what I'm saying. Like it's always an eventuality, right? It's always an eventuality. We're That's not right. there yet, whatever. So I, I drew that connection with the first reading. Is that the reason that Isaiah speaks? God, where are you? Is because they're in exile. And I pointed mm-hmm. out how we can feel that way. Like God privileged those people two thousand years ago or the people in our future generations who will see him come in glory, what about us? We can feel kind of in exile. And I pointed out how, like, this year, with 2020, it's been kind of an exile year. Like, we can ask ourselves, where is God? 
Um, and so I use that as a segue to say, you know, where is God in the past? Where is God in the future? But our invitation this Advent is to realize that God is with us. And I went on the angle of prayer that we ended with last week, that entering into the silence of prayer, mm-hmm. we find the incarnation in our own hearts, you know? For sure, um, for sure. So anyway, so then I moved into a catechesis of how to pray during Advent, which is great. Nice. And that nice. went really well. Yeah, you know, that's interesting. A lot of people, myself included, like to forget about, like, God at work now. Mm, yeah. Like, today in my life. <laughs> Uh, and we only want to talk about the, you know, the spectacular ways God worked in the past or, you know, that quote-unquote hope uh, that God will act in the future. Right. And I wonder, and this just came to me, so it may not be right, I wonder if we can actually call that hope for the future, for that, for the, even for, well, I'm not going to go that far, uh, without recognizing the wonderfulness of 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 the right now yeah no I, even though yeah, it's I even think... though it's frustrating even though it's hard you know this has been a terrible year for for many 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 people um but there's still grace still abounds like that's not, not oh, something totally. that we can that we can ignore yeah, yeah yeah and so one of the things that i i honed in on with my homily was um that it's like I even ended with this whole thing about like, how do you pray? And I was very practical. I was like, take five minutes every day during Advent to pray. And what I want you to do is take that double dynamic of memory, remembering the way the Lord has been, hoping for how the Lord will be. And you'd like the first minute, call to mind something, you know, bring to your memory something from God's working in your life. And then end with something hopeful about how you hope God will be in your life. And then spend those three minutes in the middle just letting God speak to you. Yeah. Um, because you're right. It's that in between, God is there, and he is speaking, and he's present, and he's real. Um, and it's nestled right in between the the what has been and what will be. You know, it's it's one experience of God all through time. Mm-hmm. Um, that's good, yeah. I mean, it's important to not think that God is not making himself present today, you know? Yeah, you know, it's kind of like my favorite uh, my favorite line from Romans that I put on my ordination card, 1212, that we're called to, and I think I may have even mentioned this last week or the week before, to uh, endure in affliction, persevere in prayer, rejoice oh, in Oh, yeah, hope. yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, totally, persevere in prayer. I love it. Mm-hmm. I love it. Um, so anyway, so like, I think we're kind of doing a bit of a, a shift this upcoming Sunday with the second Sunday's readings. Um, yeah, it's becoming a little bit more explicit, explicitly Adventy. Yeah, I mean, we have the figure of John the Baptist, but it's it's interesting because it's like not explicitly Adventy in the Christmas kind of way, like like it's not in the like we're preparing the nativity, you know, right. it's not the Annunciation, it's not uh, you know the whatever the actual birth of Christ or the visitation. It's this, it's John the Baptist. So it is explicitly Adventy in that John the Baptist is there, but it's still not really Christmassy. So it has <laughs> a little bit of that dimension yeah. of more than just Christmas, you know? Well, we just had Thanksgiving, so it's not quite Christmas yet. Right, uh, right, right, right. And I do, and it is interesting, you know, I think as much as John the Baptist is a part of Advent, I think he still does get kind of the, the short end of the stick a lot of the time. Like we, he kind of gets left behind uh, for whatever reason. Well, I guess there are many reasons, but like, and it, it kind of he's kind of doing what we, or what I have talked about before, is like spending that time before Advent as preparing to prepare. Hmm. Uh, and I, I always like to see 
to think about John the Baptist in that kind of a way that, yeah, he's the one that's coming uh, before the Lord to prepare the way. He's the messenger. He's the one that's crying out, hey, people, listen, mm-hmm. here we go. Yeah. Are you ready? Yeah. We're going. Let's go. <laughs> and just like, you know, the people that were that he was preaching to, Herod especially, it uh, ruffles some feathers to be that explicit. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. Um, so you were saying that he kind of gets a short end of the stick just because by the time we get to like the fourth Sunday of Advent, we're like in clear Christmas yeah. mode? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, the imagery starts to kind of be consumed by little chubby baby Jesus. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So yeah. I think, hey, Which is kind there, of unfortunate. Be, there may be something there in terms of like preparing for this upcoming Sunday. Like if if you were to preach this upcoming Sunday on these readings— how can you make it a point to kind of highlight that this is not about preparing for Christmas, per se? Like, yeah, exactly. Like, I mean, we, we do speak about that a lot, that Advent is about mm-hmm. preparing for Christmas, because it is, just like Lent prepares us for Easter. Um, but maybe, like, putting a fine point on it, that John the Baptist's role here is bigger than just announcing the birth of Christ in Bethlehem. But the reason we have him as a figure here is because we're preparing the way of the Lord for when he comes into the world now and at the end of time. Um, yeah. I wonder if this yeah. is where the second reading can come in handy. Like, and this imagery of the thief in the night always bothers me. Like, do we really want to say that the Lord will come like a thief? Um, mm. And he's got all of these interesting lines, you know, the heavens will pass away with a mighty roar and the elements will be dissolved by fire. And the earth and everything done on it will be found out. Hmm. Since everything is to be dissolved in this way, what sort of persons ought you be? I think that's a really interesting message. Like hmm. we're so, f- and it's, I think it's easy for us and it's an, it's an easy trap to fall in to say, oh, I don't have to think about myself because this is a time where I look at that nice eight pound baby Jesus wrapped in his golden blanket. (laughs) Mm -hmm. Uh, And I can always just kind of punt and defer and say, oh, well, it's not about me. It's like, no, no, no. St. Peter here in the second reading is saying, what sort of person, if if that is true, what sort of person ought you be? Hmm. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, Yeah. And I think John the Baptist is a great example of of who we ought to be. We Hmm. are to be that one in the desert crying out. Yeah, are we? I don't know. I So the first thing I was going to say with respect to that is so prepare the way of the Lord. That's one thing that John is saying, but is the message that we need to be like John and saying that or do we need to be preparing the way of the Lord for in us? Like, I don't know that it's just an either or. Hmm, I mean, we've yeah. we're called to be evangelists. We've got to we've got to we've got to preach. <laughs> right. You know, us right. as ordained ministers especially. Mhm. Yeah. No, that's good. That's true. That's true. I just, I wonder if there's something deeper still, like, it seems kind of, I don't know, kind of like a a very simple one-to-one thing where it's like, well, just, we need to be like John the Baptist. Like, no. Like, a homily well, can kind of fall flat there, you know? Well, consider, consider what the second part of that from both Mark, I mean, it's the prophecy from Isaiah. Uh, a voice cries out in the desert, prepare the way of the Lord. Make straight in the wasteland a highway for our God. In Mark uh, 
Behold, I am sending you, blah, 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 blah. Here we go. Prepare the way of the Lord, make straight his paths. So this is yeah. a twofold command. We're, we are evangelizing. We are preparing the way of the Lord. We're also doing something. Hmm. We're making straight those paths. We are, yeah. we, are, we are not just saying that we're going to prepare the way. We're actually doing it. Yeah. So what does that mean? Like, what does that look like to prepare the way of the Lord, to prepare, make straight the paths? So, like, like, okay, so you and I, as spiritual directors, confessors, preachers, basically, like, to prepare the way of the Lord and to make straight his paths is to make the connection between God and his people as straight as possible, <laughs> you know, as not changing an elevation as much as possible, like filling in the valleys and leveling the mountaintops to where people can have a sure route to God. Is that what we mean by... Yeah, you know, this may be a, a, a controversial point, but I, I'm i moving more in the, in the direction of, especially these days when we don't have, we're not back in full capacity with our churches, like... Us as clergy, we're the support. <laughs> hmm. We're there helping uh, the home church. We're there helping, you know, families. We're there helping, giving giving encouragement. We're there as that. I, I really do think, and I keep saying this, but I really do think that we're the ones that have to be kind of that voice crying out, like, no, we need to be better. We need to do better. You And it's possible. Here's the thing. It's po- and that's, the, I think, the beauty of the Incarnation, or one of the beauties of the Incarnation, is that God is showing us that it is possible for us uh, to be better, to be more. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. So for you, you'd put the, the focus this week for you would be on our role as John the Baptist, you know, new evangelization, well, facilitating an encounter with God. Like, that's the role of the Christian in the world. So I don't know, yeah, I mean, based on what I just said, I don't know that that's what I would preach on. I would um, mm. and a, I would almost keep that as my own like here's my here's my mission. Mm. So what am I what what am I going to preach on to make sure that that happens? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, good question. Good question. Um I okay, so I want to I want to throw a few things out there. So one thing that you could preach on, I, I just think there's some really good words here in the first reading. Um there's the word comfort there's the word speak tenderly. Um, there's the crying out, but then there's the going up on a high mountain, uh, glad tidings, um, crying out, herald of good news. There's so many great images here of how evangelization needs to happen. Like evangelization could be comfort. It could be tender words. It could be cries. It could be up on the mountaintop. It could be herald of good tidings, herald of good news. I don't know. There's just something. There's there's a lot there to describe what it is to be an evangelizer. I think you could go the route of preaching on what it means to be uh, to be a good evangelizer. Um, I mean, short of that, I mean, I, I don't know. I struggle to find what's the what's the nugget here for me. If I'm living this out as John the Baptist, what am I actually preaching on? Um, yeah. Other than preaching on preaching, you know. Well, look. Yeah, which is not a good idea. Uh, I mean, look at this. Look at the psalm response. Lord, let us see your kindness. Not me. I mean, okay, yeah, me. But <laughs> this is the cry of the people. I think, Lord, let us see your kindness and grant us your salvation. Hmm. What does that mean for for us? Not only in this season of Advent, but just, I mean, you mentioned this year has been a heck of a year. 
Mm-hmm. Like, what does it mean to say, Lord, let us see your kindness and grant us your salvation? As we approach the end of 2020, as we approach mm-hmm. not the end mm-hmm. of, not even the end of coronavirus, can we say that and mean it? Yeah, 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 yeah. Especially kindness. Mm-hmm. God being kind to us and giving us salvation. Like, if you link salvation to kindness, um, God's mercy is is a show of kindness to us. Um, yeah, and how unkind we are to <laughs> to each other. Um, yeah, especially this entire year, how little kindness we've we've demonstrated to each other. Um, yeah, I'm struggling, man. I'm trying to find my in, and I just can't. I can't see what my in is yet with these readings. I don't know. It's kind of like skirting on the surface still. Um, well, I mean, there's the. I think there's the, there's standby, right? The Advent. You know, how are you in your own personal life? Um, how are you expecting? How are you? I think we could even go back to prayer. This idea of prayer, like in your own life, how are you? In your heart, deep down, in your soul, preparing that way. Um, allowing Christ to come into your heart and not just, again, not just kind of s- like be there to say nice words, yeah. but to be there to change you, yeah. to have that encounter. Yeah, yeah. Um, because Good that doesn't, about, yeah. it does, I mean, it, it does in a sense, you know, you've got the, like the figure of St. Paul who, you know, was, ha- saw the light and fell off his horse and whatever. Um, but like, we don't, not everybody has that spectacular, uh, Mm -hmm. vision where they just know, okay, this is what I've got to do. Sometimes it's a slow burn. Yeah. Um, and sometimes you've got to do the work and sometimes we don't even believe all that much, Mm -hmm. but what are you doing? Yeah. Hey, uh, I think there's something interesting that you said that really gives me some light is, you know, to make straight his paths, not just in the world, but in, in my own heart. So, like, what, what are the obstacles that, or what are the, mm-hmm. the the valleys and the mountaintops that are keep making the path to me difficult for the Lord? Of course, the Lord can traverse anything, but, like, just thinking about that, and in particular with the gospel, uh, John the Baptist appeared in the desert proclaiming a baptism of repentance and forgiveness of sins. Like, you could take this as an as your nugget for the week is, this could be a homily to exhort people to go to confession during Advent. Like, yeah you know, is make straight his paths, people. Like, Jesus is trying to enter your heart, and he's knocking, but we've put a lot of things in the way. And, like, go to confession and allow that path to be cleared so that the Lord can enter into your heart. He's trying to become and take flesh in you, but we've got this very crooked path that needs to be leveled out, you know, needs to be straightened. Like, that could mm-hmm. be one angle for sure, you know, is repentance. And it's a, rep- it's a penitential season, um, you know, so that could work too. Yeah, you know, and it's also interesting to consider the figure of John the Baptist himself. You know, he fed on locusts and wild honey. He was clothed in camel's hair with a leather belt around his waist. This is not an attractive person. This is not somebody that you would want to go hang out with. Mm -mm. And yet this is the person chosen to to lead us, to, Mm. to proclaim that coming. Yeah. Like and yeah. I wonder what that says, you know, we and again, you I loved what you said a couple of weeks ago uh that no, we need to ch- take Jesus at his word to 
feed the hungry, to clothe the naked. Yeah. Um, like, how are we treating those around us that we find somewhat revolting? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, because John the Baptist probably smelled really bad, and he looked terrible. Yeah. Yeah. Like, we like we like to, you know, say, oh, well, hippie, Jesus was a hippie, and if he came today in the streets, blah, 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 blah. It's like, well, yeah, I mean, that's true. You know, he, whatever, but like, John the Baptist was, oof. Yeah, he was grungy. Rough. <laughs> <That's for sure. laughs> yeah, no, that's good. That's good. Yeah, that's a good angle. I mean, how to preach on John the Baptist as a figure. Like, you could take this as an, a whole opportunity to preach on him, you know, and who he was and what he did, uh, and how he's a great example for us, you know. Um, no, I like that. That's a good angle. Cool, man. Any uh, parting thought for you? No, I mean, I just think that it's it would be helpful, especially since we're both kind of struggling with this, you know, to look at, okay, what what does what does John the Baptist, what does the coming of Jesus mean for me right now? Mm-hmm. Uh, and I think that's a that's something that we all need to be praying with all the time, but especially yeah. you know the church gives us this wonderful time right now to to kind of do that work. You know, we could tr- mm-hmm. we could treat this whole season as a little retreat where yeah. we where we do that work of saying, okay, well, this is weird. You know, God becoming flesh. What does that right. mean? Right, right. In me. Yeah, Yeah. totally. Yeah, yeah, yeah. (laughs) Cool, man. Sounds good. Till next time. All right, pal. All right, dude. Peace out.